So uh, I will just give a brief introduction about myself. As Meg mentioned, uh, Ben Urich. Part of my connection to uh, Abby's story and to, and to this is I share a roughly similar pathway, broadly speaking, through uh, evangelical and, and fundamentalist churches, uh, and then find myself to the to the Presbyterian Church. So I am sort of a, a moderator of a panel of one in that in that sense for this morning, and will be asking questions in that sense. Um, I've been uh, uh, attending uh, UPC here for about six years, ever since we moved here from Iowa. Uh, my wife is at home with our two-and-a-half-year-old and our one-month-old toddler. Uh, so, so infant, yeah, see, this is, this is so, so apologies if I, if I, if I seem a little uh, disconnected. I have a wonderful excuse uh, who, who uh, is, is growing fast. So anyways, um, I just want to start by, by turning over to Abby uh, for our first question. And really throughout this, uh, for the next you know, 55 minutes as we have it here, um, we will, as, as Meg said at the end, be doing uh, what we in the education business would call a think-pair-share, uh, and, then, and then turning it back over uh, for, for, for additional questions. Um, but, but really throughout, if you have questions, um, if there's anything about the story that interests you that you want to know more about, feel free to, to raise your hand or just speak out. Um, we, can, we can certainly have that conversation, and if it's okay with Abby, I, I can sort of give some reflection on, on my journey as it relates to yours uh, as, as well. So, so with that, uh, Abby, I'll turn it over to you and start out with our first question here. So, so tell us about your, yourself as well as your upbringing in the faith and your journey to Presbyterianism. Sure. Okay. Thanks. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm Abby DeVries. This is my husband, Todd, right here. We have three <laughs> children who are home still asleep because they're teenagers. <laughs> um, but we joined UPC about seven years ago. Um, and um, I'll get to kind of start from the, back from the beginning. Um, so I grew up in, in upstate New York um, until I was a teenager. My um, mother was a Presbyterian, but not very active. My father was Catholic. And so they initially found themselves to the Congregationalist Church to have me baptized. But really, that was all we didn't really participate in the church. And then they met some really good friends who were regular Baptist. And so we ended up joining um, in a small community in upstate New York, a regular Baptist church. And it was really kind of the center point of our life during my elementary and, and middle school years. And so we would be there all day Sunday on Wednesday. I would go on retreats. And, and so it was, it was a huge part of our lives. And eventually I started going to a Christian school that was somewhat affiliated with that church. Um, and then we moved to North Carolina. My, my father was an IBMer and transferred down here. Um, and I started going to a Free Will Baptist high school, um, which um, is pretty much the definition of fundamentalism, if anyone's familiar with that denomination. Um, and then at the same time, we, we really struggled to find a community, a church community like we had um, in New York. And so I, we visited many, many different denominations. Um, so I, I feel like I've experienced one, although I heard a new one today from Ben. Um, and so, um, but all kind of circling around that, that kind of evangelical, um, biblical literalism. Um, and, you know, if it was just the only life that I knew, um, I actually contemplated going to Bob Jones University for college and then thankfully decided to go to UNC instead. Um, when I got here, I was actually attending a PCA church for a while and then um, kind of gradually fell away, I think, from, from church in general and, and religion and faith kind of took a backseat to figuring out, you know, career and life. I went, um, started medical school. I think I attended church once in medical school. Um, and then in Rhode Island, um, where I was doing residency, I attended church, I can remember once. That was a Unitarian Universalist church. Um, 
And I remember not hearing the word God the entire service. So I said, well, I can, if I'm looking for <laughs> faith and the tradition, I, I think we can say God. Um, so, and then when um, Todd and I got married and I joined him in Rochester, New York, we started attending a Presbyterian church um, because he had some experience with, with Presbyterianism in the past. Um, we were starting a family and really knew that we wanted some sort of, of uh, faith tradition for, for our kids. Moved back to North Carolina, um, joined the closest church to us because we figured that would make us get there more, and that was um, Christ United Methodist Church, uh, church in Southern Village. Um, and then, you know, some other things started happening in, in our lives. So first, my, my mom, actually shortly after Todd and I got married, came out as gay and is still with a female partner that she's been with now for almost 20 years. Um, our daughter um, was experimenting with her gender, not experimenting, trying to, trying to figure out what her gender identity was. And she um, was started wearing her brother's clothes and nobody ever said at that church, you're welcome here. Um, no one said we were unwelcome, but it was not, it was not a, a um, clear acceptance. And so that and a variety of other things, we, we really started looking um, for another church and we knew the Kavanaugh's and the Vanderseys and um, the kind of warmth that they exuded was what we really wanted in a church family. And so we started attending probably about a year before Bob retired um, and have found this as our, our home, our, um, our faith home. Um, so that's kind of, let me see if what I left out. Um, so um, kind of as a way to get back to um, my faith, um, I found several authors really helpful. Um, the first book I read um, that was really radical in my mind was Marcus Borg's book, and actually Todd's mother um, gave this to me. Um, and it, it gave me a way to think about Christianity without the literalism and without the hellfire and brimstone and the focus on the afterlife. Um, and, and then um, another really um, special author to me is Rachel Held Evans, um, who tragically died a couple of years ago of the flu at like age of 39. But she had a very similar path to me as well. And just kind of reading about how you can have faith, be part of the Christian tradition, and um, and, and find a home that, that is, is not so um, literal and, and fundamentalist um, was, was really helpful to me. Um, you know, the, the other um, thing I'll say is that, um, you know, there's been some, some loss in this transition for me. So my, specifically my father and my sister are still very much evangelical. Um, and that is, we, we cannot share our, our faith with each other. Um, you know, I, they, in, my, in their mind, I'm probably not even really acting like a Christian. I'm not raising my children Christian. And I, you know, can't really bear to talk about things the way, they, the way that they do. Um, and there's some other scars, too, that I would think about, um, or some, you know, lingering anxiety and doubt. So um, I don't know if you guys have heard the term rapture anxiety. Um, that I, um, there was a CNN article about a year ago that I was like, oh, that's me. Um, and um, so there's, you know, I think I've translated that into now climate anxiety. Um, there's, you know, my children have not been saved in the traditional sense. And so am I, have I done something really, you know, um, long, long lasting damage? And, and are they, you know, are they not going to go to heaven because they're not saved and haven't been baptized in the, um, in the immersion sense? Um, but overall, I, I, I'm very grateful for um, this community and this sort of um, 
the the approach to faith and Christianity that, that we have here at UPC. Wonderful. Thank you. So Abby, thank you for sharing sharing your story. I certainly got the sense that that um, connected with it, and we are glad that you found this to be a welcoming community. Um, where do you see uh, God in your uh, faith journey, in, the, in your in your story? Um. So I mean, I think that there was there was a, a longing I had, you know, that I you know ignored or or kind of was too busy to notice for many years. You know, the um, medical school and residency and starting a family are pretty busy, and and you can get distracted um, and not think about things. Um, but I, but so there, but so eventually I kind of became aware of that desire to to have a um, a relationship with God, and and so you know I think you know you think about the prodigal son and the lost sheep, and um, you know I think. I I'm, I've was kind of pulled back, and I think that was, you know, God. So how do your spiritual roots that, that you've told us about connect with your current faith? Um, so, so I thought about this a lot. I, um, I don't know if you all were, um, so part of the ser- sermon series, um, Do I Have to Believe That? Um, again, <laughs> that was a great series for people like me. Um, but but the, the sermon that Jarrett preached about, um, do I have to believe that Jesus is the only way, um, you know, that's one of the things I always struggled with um, in, in, my, in growing up, that, you know, there's, you know, nine-tenths or 99% of the world is not exposed to this, and they're, you're telling me that they're all going to hell. Um, so so that, that, that was sort of a, a relief to hear those kind of um, statements that, that Jarrett said in that about, you know, um, that Jesus may not be the only way, but it's the way that I know. It's the way that I choose. It's the way that that I'm comfortable with faith. Um, and I and and so thinking about, you know, I memorized huge portions of the Bible. We had Bible class every day in 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 school. I'm very familiar, um, and, and and so that's comfort. That's level. That's comforting to me. And I think it sort of is a little bit of a bonus. Thinking about the sort of painful parts of it, having that sort of background in the, in the Bible is, um, I think, a, a, a positive of having had that upbringing. So, Abby, if you could just dig into that a little bit more for, for those who have not been raised in fundamental tradition. In the fundamental tradition, the answer to the question of um, if you do not believe, what will happen to you? Could you just sort of explain? Yeah, you'll, well, you'll go to hell. <laughs> I mean, if you, and it's not just if you don't if you haven't like explicitly accepted Jesus as your savior into your heart and in a somewhat public way, um, then um, you're not saved. So this concept in in progressive Christianity of sort of being saved over time and um, I, I think is really beautiful, but it is 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 not it's not enough <laughs> in in the um, evangelical sense to get you to heaven. Yeah, that that is hard. <laughs> with um, with my experience um, in your in your upbringing, did the term kind of big C and little C Christian come up in any? Context? Yeah, I mean, so I'm yeah, so I'm a I'm now a little C Christian. Yeah, yeah. Um, a little C Christian instead of a you know an actual Christian. Do you want do you want to, do you want to explain a bit more about what that means, how that was framed in your? Upbringing? Well, I mean, Catholics aren't even Christians. Mm-hmm. I mean, if in, in the, I mean, I'm, that's that's what I grew up understanding um, that there were too many flaws in the Catholic theology to, to make it truly Christian. Um, and, and we certainly are not Christian here at uh, the Presbyterian Church. Um, it's too 
too light, doesn't go deep enough, and certainly doesn't require, you know, the the belief in the absolute, um, you know, infallibility of every word of the Bible, um, and then the you know belief that Jesus is going to come back and we're all going to go to heaven or hell. Um, so a big focus on the in the afterlife as well, I think, and and just that this is a temporary stop for us all, and and that there's um, something larger we're working towards. I don't know if I answered that. But Absolutely. Yeah. yeah the, um, I remember when the, uh, the Purpose Driven Life came out. That was when I was in, in high school, not the age of my so, But that was, uh, um, resonated with that idea of we are here for just the briefest moment to save souls. Yeah. Um, and so, so, yeah, again, from the fundamentals perspective, um, we would all be considered little C Christians, or most of us would be. Um, and there are sort of tiers in that, in that sense. Can I say something else that goes along with that, too, is that the, this concept of the social gospel um, that, you know, progressive or mainline Christians have focused on, again, focused on the needs in front of us, which I love, but it's um, considered sort of secondary. Like, we shouldn't be opening a food pantry unless what we're doing is trying to witness to people who come pick up the food. Um, because even though they may be hungry today, you know, we really need to worry about their eternal souls rather than the fact that they need to feed and clothe their children. Um, and so and it sort of also translates into this sort of works-based, this thought that, you know, we do these things not out of love and not, not to show Jesus in the world, but be, to earn credit. And that, that, that's, our, that's why we're doing things. And, um, you know, you can't get to heaven by works alone. Um, and so instead of Instead of sort of, there's there's sort of a, actually almost a turning away from present need by by some churches. I remember the church I grew up in, which again was our family, and they cared very deeply about their own. But there was no interest that I remember in the community, um, which is tragic in my mind. But yeah, uh, very very similar. So so picking up on on that little bit of scripture moments that that I, that I thought I heard you uh, make yes. allusions to. <laughs> Eight, nine, and ten. Uh, you're, but you're, you're closer to it than I. Okay. Um, so, so when you think about a, a uh, uh, your story, is there a biblical passage or story that informs or guides you? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I picked a couple. Um, and again, w- what what I, I love about this church is some of the things that were what I just mentioned about the fact that we do care about um, people in our community, um, and that love is so central to our our faith. Um, and so the, the first passage is 1 John 4, and it's verses 7, 8, and 12. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Um, and then, you know, I, I also gravitate towards passages that really do emphasize um, being Jesus for people um, in, in our community and making God's kingdom here on earth. And so um, I found two verses that um, really kind of speak to that in my mind. The first is Matthew twenty five forty, um, And I'm going to look at Pat because I remember this conversation you had, we had in our small group about the, the person who you gave the coat to was Jesus. Um, and so, um, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did it for me. Um, and then Isaiah 117, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. 
Thank you for sharing that, Abby. Um, how has your understanding of those verses and changed as your understanding of the Bible has changed through your faith journey? Yeah, I mean, I th I think the, the the first thing is just that the literal interpretation of of any Bible story that they all happened exactly as they said. I mean, that that I've, I've let that go, and so that would apply to to really any any passage. Um, and I think the the other the other kind of way of interacting with the Bible that's different, which is not exactly answering your question, but is that it's okay to question, to doubt, to say, hey, this doesn't fit with what the other parts of the Bible that I see, and, and how, can, how can we reconcile that? Um, there, there's no just, well, this is what it says, so you have to believe it. Um, and so that ability to, to wrestle with things um, was not anything that was permissible in my upbringing. Um, and then the other thing that I think I focus more on are um, the passages that talk about what we should, we, we should be doing or what we should do versus what not to do. So action versus inaction um, and um, figuring out how we can, can do more, be more, rather than um, looking at that person and saying, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing that. They're, they're, they're going to go to hell. Um, so that, lots of rules about how to be rather than, um, than, than what we could be doing. Great. Um, if I if I can sort of probe on a, a little bit on, on sort of changing interpretations when it came to things like um, Genesis Genesis and the creation stories, for example, mm -hmm. you know, that we have to mm -hmm. believe, um, you, know, you know, series. Um, how was that sort of represented in your uh, faith tradition growing up, uh, and how do you contrast that with with where you are now? Yeah. Well, so I went to a Christian school growing up, and so the science class that I had taught creationism. Um, and, you know, I think we learned about evolution as another theory, um, but, but it was very much a um, new earth theory, um, I think is yeah. what the, yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, so that, you know, the earth is only probably 5,000 years old, and the fossils and the things that we find, you know, God put those there when he built the world. Um, so there are all kinds of um, arguments for <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of arguments for, to make to make it fit um, because you weren't you weren't you weren't trying to to understand you were trying to um, rationalize really. I, yeah, I apologetics. Think, is the, yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Um, if you're not familiar with the term of, of apologetics, do you, do you want to describe? That? Yeah. I'll see, see, if, see if I can. And it's Megan's when she left. Um, I mean, it's it's. To me, it's again, it's that sort of like um, kind of argument. Like we learn to to defend our beliefs um, in any setting. And so, you know, when I came to UNC, I had to sort of shed some of that because I was sort of prepped to be able to say, well, here's why evolution isn't right, and here's why creationism is. And you just sort of have this like list of of responses with you at all times to be able to kind of combat doubters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's and that's and that's very this. Very common. That is yeah. typical. Yeah. Um, with the, within an evangelical tradition, I mean, I, I recall for myself in high school, um, I was uh, kind of co-lead of the uh, Christian students group, which I uh, didn't really conceptualize at the time, but was the you know evangelical students group. But but for me, that was Christianity, so there was no distinction there. Um, and I, I I recall being in in biology class with a teacher that I loved. Um, taking notes in the margins on sort of uh, creationist responses to evolution you know, teachings. 
Um, and it was, um, it, anyway, so, so that resonates yeah. with that. And then, yeah. and then my, my uh, uh, faith changed for me when I, when I came to, to college as well, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is, I think, sometimes true. I, I remember recalling when I was in high school thinking that there are two paths when I came to college. I was either going to, to, get, uh, to become a, a stronger Christian person, which meant uh, becoming more actively involved in the evangelical church, uh, or lose my faith entirely. And those are the only two options yeah. that, I, that I saw yep. for myself. But then I discovered the Presbyterian Church, yes. this big middle, uh, yes. which I had no conception of before. But it was, but it was in, and that was, that was sort of a, a dichotomous framing, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is. Yeah, very, very familiar. Yeah. yeah. Very, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, no, I think that that's, I think that that's, I think that that's, um, I get very, very resonant. So. <clears throat> I've got one final formal question here for you before we um, turn it over with the two questions for kind of this, this think, pair, share, find someone next to you, talk about it, and then share with the group. Um, and that is, uh, Abby, for you, what, what, sh- what should UPC be aware of in its care and conversations with those coming out of similar faith traditions like yours? Yeah. So first let me say something I, I didn't say above that I wanted to, I mean, I, um, I think there was a time when I, I, did not, I did not publicly claim to be a Christian. You know, I grew up, you know, I had a, the cross necklace, you know, very, you know, tele, telegraphing that I was Christian and I had put all that stuff away and really was kind of embarrassed by the idea that I might be Christian for a part of my young adulthood because of, I didn't want to be that kind of Christian that I had grown up being um, or being around, surrounded by. And, but again, I, like now I can say, I, f- I feel comfortable saying I'm a Christian, saying that some of the choices in my life are, are um, based on my faith, the fact that I chose a career in medicine where I felt like I was going to be helping and serving people. It kind of all fits together for me now. Um, um, but what I, so what I would say to, um, to UPC is that um, I think what people like me are looking for is radical acceptance um, in, a, in a church family. And I would say it's not just for, for me personally, but for, for those people who have been marginalized by the, the specifically the white evangelical community. You know, for, for me, that's most importantly the LGBT community, um, but also minorities, people who have suffered trauma at the hands of the church, people who question their faith and struggle with doubt. So we want to see you know, explicit welcome for, for all of us. Um, and we want to see love in action. Um, and focused on the present suffering of, of our of, of of people, and to uh, to to me anyway, that is a true expression of of God's love and and our um, following Jesus, um, is, is providing fellowship and service for for those that Jesus told us to love. So, tall order, but that's what I would say. <laughs> well, I thought that was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. That <laughs> last bit was a beautiful expression. Oh. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, Abby. Thank you for, for sharing that story. 